Welcome to Shonen Flop Chibi, a first impressions mini episode where we talk about the first chapter of the series we'll be covering in depth next week. I'm Jordan, and with me today, as usual, is my lovely co-host, David. Say hi, David. Hi, David. What series are we covering this week, David? Oh, man. If there was a subtitle, it would be saying in Scooby-Doo voice. We're talking about Bao. I believe Scooby would pronounce it Rao. Yeah, I also want to point that both us and our guests spelled the series wrong because we kept thinking it was B-O-A-H, but it is B-A-O-H, <laughs> so I had to update all of my documents, and I felt like a piece of shit, and I was like, wow, it looks so dumb in front of our guests, and then in their email, they also spelled it wrong, so I'm like, it's like a Bernstein Bears effect where the series, yeah. you just assume it's B-O-A-H, not B-A-O-H. <laughs> yeah. No, this is not a series about a snake. This is a series about the first part of what a dog says. Ruh <laughs> Oh man. Speaking of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> who's this manga by? Oh, this manga is by a guy that I think we've uh we've read before. He's a little guy named uh Hirohiko Araki. Oh, that's um that was a cool shock BT guy, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what he's the most <laughs> famous for writing. Yeah. And then after he did Bao, he like did some kind of failed manga called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure that nobody's yeah. ever heard of. And then he made uh, part three and people gave a shit about it. Yeah, just a manga entitled part three. It was really weird. Yes. We read that and they were like, what was parts one and two? I feel like it's a dream of every single create like weird auteur to make a movie that's like blah part three and part two doesn't exist and it's like the theme of it. I know like shit the guy who made uh, Nier Automata he said he really wanted to make like Drakengard 4 and there's no Drakengard 3 and like there are other people I think that have tried to do that and it's just like I guess branding just never allows it because it's just so confusing. It's a joke that everybody knows if you pulled it off it would be amazing but it's inherently confusing and disorganized orienting yeah i mean you could argue that star wars technically did it <laughs> star wars retroactively did star that. wars retroactively did it i've always personally had the idea that like okay you gotta the first game stuff happens and then the next game is like episode three and the premise is that uh in episode two everything that happened got like erased from the time stream so now you have to discover what happened to episode two and number three but I think that was Yoko Taro's idea for what Drakengard 4 was going to be about. It's not like um, the most uh, difficult to come up with idea. I was in I was in middle school, but I still like it if you can pull it off. Hey, if you're thinking the same way Yoko Taro is, that's a pretty good compliment. There are worse people to be like, like, uh, like, oh, man, I had the same idea as Rob Liefeld. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like how that that guy had like his six year old daughter draw a comic. And I was like, this is exactly a comic Fujimoto would have made for a look back. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I posted in the chat where it's like a guy's like, oh, excuse me, miss. Can I buy you a drink? And she's like, actually, I am a dog with of long hair. And he's like, oh, my apologies. I think I did see that. Yes. That is. Yeah, that literally reads like a comic out of Look Back. That is 100% a comic that like they would draw and look back when she was a little girl. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's almost like Fujimoto's very good at writing. They wrote a comic <laughs> a six-year-old made. Yeah, I mean, he does literally, uh, like, uh, role play as his little sister. But anyway. God, Fujimoto, what a guy. <laughs> uh, anyway, this series, anyway. How long, speaking of ages, how long did this series run, Jordan? This series ran from May 20th, 1984, just like George Orwell makes you really think, to... Too soon. <laughs> to February 12th, 1985. Just like George Orwell's lesser known sequel from 1985, <laughs> which is actually a musical number all about how utilitarianism is the right way. 
Yeah, uh, you should listen to that Bowling for Soup song again. I think you missed some subtext, listeners. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, fuck, that's a much better joke than mine. Dylan, you fade, Dylan, make that seem like that was my joke. Yeah, just to alter my voice using like uh, use, using a bunch of audio tricks. You know what you're doing. Yeah, you could do it. It's that. like how um, Dungeons and Daddies, they were always made a joke how like it's set in the future and how Joker, they made a Joker musical. And then <laughs> like a year after they made that joke, they announced that Joker 2 is going to be a musical. Oh, that rules. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining the Joker musical is just like uh, 120 minutes of different versions of that Steve Miller band song. It's him dancing on the stairs for an hour, for two hours. (laughs) Well, that's what he's doing visually. But what I'm saying, he's doing it while he's singing it. Anyway, why don't I get in the fucking plot summary, David? Why don't we Uh, But Jordan, you actually also haven't said how many chapters and volumes this series is. Oh, well, you know what, David? Why don't I do that first? Why are you trying to rush me so hard? Anyway, it ran for nine (laughs) chapters and two volumes. (laughs) Oh, now can I get to the fucking plot summary? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. Plot summary. Okay, first thing you gotta know is there's a guy named Bao, and you should be afraid of him. But anyway, a few days ago, a dead woman washed up on the shore. Doesn't that interest you? It looks like a pretty brutal murder, so I think you should really pay attention to it. It's like Twin Peaks. Yeah, no, he's really setting up these Chekhov's guns. He's just like loading them and you're just like, when's he going to fire them? But And it's also a Rocky, so he might never fire them because it's a Rocky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, a few days before that, a little girl named Violet was being forced against her will to ride a train. <gasps> the train is owned by the Judas Laboratory, which like I don't even have to tell you is obviously an evil science organization. Like it's right in the name. You I literally yeah. don't give you any backstory not that we have much because that's all you need when her guard a tall woman comes to inject her with a mysterious syringe violet pulls a home alone style trick to tie up her captor and run away unfortunately the guard has a gun and coldly senselessly murders the lock on the door escaping to pursue her violet frees some vicious dogs and uses her powers of precognition and channeling to get the access code to a door that was blocking her when the dogs attack her pursuer the woman kicks the shit out of them because this is a rocky baby this is fucking a rocky dogs must face violence they must be attacked what is this some sort of dogs must die <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a good title for a podcast perhaps yeah. with some let's players on it i think that could really work but anyway after using the access code violet runs into the next car to find a guy named dr hazy eye who basically looks exactly how you'd expect from his name and his assistant who you really just don't need to care about at all in the room is one of those sci-fi containment units that you've seen and stuff before you know are they uh they have some unconscious dude who's like an experimental bioweapon that should never be awake and stuff yeah and believe it or not that's exactly what it is popcorn david before running in violet had turned a pressure valve and that oh no remember that dude bow i warned you about at the beginning of the summary well i didn't because i wasn't someone reading it but jordan did (laughs) (laughs) well he's in the containment unit he immediately kills the assistant which is why you didn't have to care about him the guard lady shoots at bow who dodges the bullets by hanging from the train's electrical wire thing which shocks him but doesn't hurt him because he's too damn strong meanwhile violet decouples the train and escapes on the detached train car turns out the woman who was washed up on the shore earlier was the guard who was killed for fucking this up. Bao strikes a cool pose. Because it's a Rocky! And everyone's gotta strike a cool pose. This is definitely part zero of JoJo. This is so part zero. I was... <laughs> oh, this is cool. I love this. I love reading older Rocky stuff because, like, he's an artist and writer who is very clearly constantly evolving and constantly yeah. trying to improve. So, like, even when he does something that doesn't, like, totally work or is kind of weird, it's it's always interesting. 
Araki does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, it's very interesting because, like, the reason why Araki seems so strange is because anime and manga have such a specific uh, art style. It's, like, very much a craft. Like, this is what manga looks like. It's like the Marvel House style, you know? Like, you have to make something that looks like this. He isn't really outsider art because he's actually very knowledgeable in art history and he has studied a lot of that stuff. So it's it's almost more like he's more insider art than other manga. Araki invented manga. <laughs> Araki invented art, basically, is what I'm saying. I uh, he's yes. he's kind of the first guy. If you go back in history, mm-hmm. I mean, he is immortal, so he actually kind of was yes. there from the beginning. He hung out with Michelangelo and all that stuff. He taught Michelangelo, actually. Yeah, I mean, he was Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I guess we're just in the first impression. So let me just say, <laughs> how did Araki get worse at drawing children? Oh, <laughs> you just you just don't understand the level Araki was at. Because <laughs> Violet actually looks like a child. Violet looks like a child. She's like, she's a well-drawn young child. And then you get to part six of JoJo. Yeah, like what the fuck is Emporio? With the six pack. Yeah, like a six pack little kid. And then you remember uh, part seven where they show like the little Italian kid that uh, that Gyro cares about for five seconds. Like that little kid looks fucking weird. Like, but here he's nailing it. It's so strange because uh, this is one of the only times I think I can ever remember Araki intentionally trying to look like a traditional mangaka. Yeah, I will say for the record in part eight, he does draw normal looking children. He draws better children. (laughs) <laughs> I think there's nothing concerning about how he draws his children in party. It's less concerning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, though, this was definitely, for proto-Araki, I think this was a lot of fun. Do you know Timeline? Did he make this before or after BT? I feel like it's got to be after. I don't know exactly, but like... Um, Let me check. This was two years after BT. Like I said, Araki in those couple years just completely evolved his style. This looks nothing like BT. Yeah, you can tell the guy who made JoJo's Bizarre Adventure made this. Yes, exactly. It doesn't look quite like JoJo, but it looks, it's getting there. You can absolutely see, like, even just, like, the way that Bao grabs a dude's hand and just immediately deforms it just because he's so strong. That is such a JoJo move. That is such a thing it is. you would see in JoJo. Like, he almost comes off like a pillar man. I was going to say he feels like the fifth pillar man. Or maybe like an early Joe part one Jojo vampire. What would his pillar man name be if he was in part two? Oh, my God. OK, so we got to think of like an 80s band that people like uh, don't really think about too much. Def Leppard. Oh, oh, it's, I feel like it's got to be lamer. Like who's who's a lame? I mean, wait, Jordan, you're like, oh, an obscure 80s band. Jordan, one of them is called ACDC, <laughs> which is one of the best selling rock. I didn't uh, mean band. I didn't mean obscure. I mean just like a band that like I don't know is kind of seen as like dumb and corny. Heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His <laughs> name would be Heart. Heart. There you go. And it would be spelled H A R T. That's what it would be called. In, no, in the in the American version, it would be yeah, Hato. Be ha- Hato. That's what his name would be. <laughs> his name would be Lung. <laughs> <laughs> that would be his dub name. So it would be Hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is oh, we're having fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, but to get back into it though, yeah, this series is metal as fuck. Yes. I appreciate you can see that there is a lot of cool shock BT blood in that opening scene with the f- fucking Home Alone shenanigans. 
Also, I would like to say um, another huge thing. One of the things that I love about Araki's style, and it's so uh, specific to him the way that he does it, is that he just researches something and gets really interested in it and then just makes a yeah. manga about it. Like, um, David, do you know what automatic writing is? Um, a little bit. So this is a Rocky Stranger Things. That's what this series is. Like, um, is very clearly displaying traits that, uh, like, the mm-hmm. CIA believed that people had when they were interested in MK Ultra. Like, the ability to channel things. Like, automatic writing is basically you start writing and don't think about it. And if you're psychic, then what you just happen to write is important. And... <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't work, but the CIA thought, oh, maybe we can use this to spy on the Russians somehow. And they couldn't because it's stupid, but (laughs) the point is that uh, Iraqi, this is a quote-unquote real thing that Iraqi looked up, and I love that. It's, like, so specific. He could have just had her be, like, some vague psychic or anything, but I just, like, no. I know Iraqi probably every day wakes up and looks at a random Wikipedia page. (laughs) Yes, exactly. At this point, though, I imagine he just had like a massive encyclopedia set and he'd just pull out a section at random and just flip it open to a certain page yeah. and see if he sees something interesting. <laughs> yeah. As we talked about in the Cool Shock BT, I bet every meaning of his editor started with like him showing his editor like a magic trick he learned that week. <laughs> <laughs> I think during this period, he, he just, Iraqi just showed up and he was like, dude, dude, the government is just like running everything and it's, it's evil. Yeah. The government is the real evil. Let me tell you about the the Illuminati. I just looked this thing up. Have you heard about this thing called MK Ultra? The turn in the frogs, gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, any other? Uh, anything else you're thinking? I feel like this series had a problem, though, where it had a lot of exposition explaining things. Like, it has that problem that I feel like a lot of 80s comics had, where they couldn't just rely on the art. Yeah. Like, a very iconic thing, like, is in, like, God Loves Man Kill, whenever Kitty Pride would use her power, she would say, I'm going to use my power to go through something, instead of just letting the art explain that. And you see that a lot. Like, they don't need to say, oh, she's letting the dogs out of the cage. Like, just show her letting the dogs out of the cage. I actually don't mind how he did that, because I feel like the way that he did that, so the way it is, is it's like, um, Araki doesn't tell you that he released the dogs, he wants her to have the horror of releasing it. But, like, the thing about his exposition, I don't mind it, because it's not really, like, exposition. His explanations aren't explaining things that he could just show easily. Because he explains, like, the history behind shit, you know? Like, yeah, but you can just have characters talk about that naturally in dialogue. I don't know, I feel like there's just more dialogue than was needed. Like, he shows though that he doesn't need to do that because when Bao opens like awakens it just shows what his powers are and his abilities rather than them just openly saying it like the shot when he gets electrocuted and he survives it they don't have like a big dialogue saying oh he has supernatural abilities look at how he survived getting shot you just see he's alive despite being electrocuted or how he breaks that guy's hand to show they have super strength well that's because Araki hadn't read like the encyclopedia entry on super strength at that point you're right so, I mean, you know, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that this series shows that Iraqi clearly can show Don't Tell, and then for some reason the first half he just still had way more dialogue and unnecessary explanations of what characters were doing versus the later half. Like, the way that you're talking about it, you're implying that, like, show, don't tell is simply, oh, this person has a lot of words. And that's not true. Show, don't tell is when you have words that, like, specifically uh, 
explain to the audience how they're supposed to feel about something rather than simply just making them feel that way about something. You know, you can show don't tell in a book. I mean, you know me. I just hate dialogue. I get it. I get it, man. Me too. I don't know how to read it. It's hard. <laughs> but at the very least, uh, with a Rocky stuff, it, it just feels more like some dude just kind of bending over and just being like, oh, by the way, let me tell you about this this thing, by the way, that's really interesting that happened like 50 years ago. There was this thing. That, and like, I don't know, it doesn't bug me as much because it's just like, man, that's a Rocky. He's weird. <laughs> that's true. I mean, only a Rocky is the only person that can make JoJo's Bizarre Adventure good. Exactly. You know what it is? It's like um, a lot of people do have to uh rely on like structure and things that just like us we do yeah but Araki is just weird enough where he can just do stuff that he thinks is interesting and he's kind of right that it's interesting so it works mm -hmm. that's fair anything else or do you want to get move on to the next section I feel good about it. Yeah, it's a short chapter, by the way, listeners. So that's why I also want to know. We know this is animated and much like level E. We don't care. Yeah, we don't care. We're breaking the rules. We don't fucking care. This only ran for nine chapters. Look, dude, I mean, do you want us to cover the old obscure manga by an extremely influential mangaka or not? All right. Like, because I feel like that's really interesting. <laughs> By the way, how long did it take for you to notice that the translation was left to right? Well, you told me about it before I started reading. Uh. So, <laughs> But at the same time, it still fucked me up, which is funny. Like, that shouldn't. Like, no, this is running the way that I normally read things. And yet it still fucked me up. I wanted to read it the other way. So this must have been a very old translation then. Yeah, because they, they haven't done this thing regularly since the 90s. Yeah. This was a move they did back when they just assumed Americans could not adjust to reading uh, the other way. Mm -hmm. And then they realized, no, of course they can. But yeah, David, would you read another 10 chapters of this? I mean, this thing is only nine chapters long. I would finish <laughs> this series. I would, too. This is cool. Like, even if it winds up not being great, I really think it's worth reading just to be just to understand a Rocky. Like, it's already interesting. And then it's 10 times more interesting in the context of a Rocky's entire career. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is effectively part zero. The secret to Jojo parts is that I think that Araki just decides I'm going to write another manga. So he's found a way to keep himself from getting super bored by technically writing the same series. But David, yep. what do you think is going to happen next? Okay, so let's see. Let me see. Where did I put these bad boy guesses? Ah, here we go. So I think Bao will effectively be Violet Stan. He does kind of look like Star Platinum a little bit. Right? So I think he's just going to be like her protector throughout the entire series. I think he will, on that note, sacrifice himself at the end of the series. And the main bad guy will be some sort of clone of Bo. Maybe like the scientist gives himself the same powers. But yeah. effectively, the main bad guy will be like some sort of parallel mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. How about you? First one is at least two more dogs will die. Mm -hmm. My next one is Bao doesn't talk and the little girl uses her powers to communicate with him. And my last one is that there will be a moment where Bao punches a guy a hundred times or like a ton of like, you know, vaguely a hundred times, like a bunch of times. You know what? Exactly a hundred times. There we go. He punches a guy <laughs> exactly a hundred times and Iraqi writes out and then Bao punched him literally 100 times. But yeah, David, what's your power word? My power word is experiment. Mm -hmm. The series is about science experiment and this is clearly Iraqi trying to experiment to figure out his ideas before he made part one mm -hmm. how about you wow shut up <laughs> <laughs> okay let's i know what you're saying you know how it's spelled anyway yeah let's go to the q a so <laughs> let's get to it 
As a reminder, thank you everyone who submitted their questions. We are trying to go through them. As always, priority goes to our wonderful patrons and people who haven't either had a question in the long term or haven't asked a question before. And uh, you can ask it in the Q&A channel in the Discord. First up, we've got from Giantette, best and worst waifu from Flop Series. So Jordan, who is your shonen flop waifu? Mm, oh my God. <sighs> Why don't you, she asked me what, which one's my favorite child. Um, I mean, mine's Gomez, but that doesn't count. I think of him more like a, more like a brother than a child. But um, I figured we would have the same answer because I think it's pretty obvious who the best girl to ever be in a show in a flop series is. Who? Debonair Diamond. Oh, from yeah. Red oh, Hood. Duh. Yeah. No cap. I'm more of a grin guy myself. I, I really like grin. I mean, I, I think that we both agree. <laughs> like, if you're talking about the hottest ones, it's, it is. From... I mean, Debonair, that's her power. Oh, yeah, that she's hot. Right. I forgot. I will say for a fact, if the guy from Red Hood said, I'm just going to make a spinoff that is debonair and grim doing thick girl things, that would last 200 chapters. Oh, yeah. Same if he decided to just go into hentai, which considering the fact that he burned the fuck out of his bridge with Shonen Jump. He got a one shot release. He's not banned from Shonen Jump. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I guess they either didn't care or didn't notice. Yep. Um, so, though, who is the worst girl to ever be in Shonen Flop? I do want to say uh, honorable mention goes to that uh, that one girl from uh, Neolation. Yeah. She knew, like, Capoeira or something? Yeah, where she was just like, I can do a flip. You want to see it? Yeah, sure. And then she does a flip. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. I thought you were going to say the lady from I Tell C. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, no, you know what? The best waifu, the ultimate waifu from a flop series is the art thief from the end of uh, I Tell C. Yes. Uh, but the worst wife is definitely uh, the main female character from Bone Collection. I was thinking that. Or what about the girl, the 14 year old from La Frush that kept sexually harassing the main character? I feel like that was like every girl from La Frush. She was like a succubus. You mean the 14-year-old, the like, succubus, the succubus yeah. who was like, oh, I don't really like sex. I'm just so hot. It makes me so uncomfortable. I'm so shy. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we go to the next one? Yeah. Uh, that was a fun question. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, this one comes from in front of the show, Coltrack. Do you ever hey. think about how Miley Flanagan, who voices Naruto, shows up in the film Evan Almighty and didn't say believe it? All right. First of all, Irish names, you got to chill the fuck out. <laughs> this is M-A-I-L-E. I want to say how absolutely ridiculous it is, is that they still not recast Naruto's voice actor. So she voices like 28 year old Naruto. And I get they don't do it in Japan. I still think it's dumb. I think it was a right call. Goku got a voice actor after he hit puberty. And so it is absolutely absurd to be hearing like a six year old woman voicing a 20 year old man. Like, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, you know, voice actors, uh, they need job security. <laughs> you know, they need a they need like a job protection. I don't even get mad about it. It does get a little strange sometimes. But like fucking the Rugrats were voiced by like very old women for a very long time. But that's time. different. I guess. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she showed up in Evan Almighty and they, she didn't say believe it. Damn, what a fucking missed opportunity, though. Like. Just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I actually don't believe it, Coltrag. You're lying to me. Anyway, like, what the fuck, Luke? Why are you lying so much? I have one more voice actor fun fact. What? Did you know that Gein's voice actor in the dub is the same as Zorro's voice actor from the four kids One Piece dub? Gein? Yeah, Gon's dad. Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, aka probably the only person who really tried in that dub. Yeah, I don't even think it's the voice actor's fault. That was a vocal direction issue. Oh, yeah. 
like those voice actors didn't have a chance. They were told to do weird ass voices. Like, how do you do a good performance as Sanji when your voice director tells you to sound like an 80 year old woman from New York who smoked 80 cigarettes a day yeah. for her whole life? I mean, what are you going to do there? Yeah, I hear David Moo has a very nice bar uh, in New York City, so I've been meaning to check it out. David Moo? That's Sanji's voice. I don't know why I remember his name. <laughs> gotta go there and then try and get him to say something in the Sanji voice. I'm sure he won't be annoyed by that. I'm sure he doesn't get a billion people doing that every day. <laughs> the guy who did the One Piece rap, he made an extended edition which added all the other crew members. Oh, I gotta look that up. It's actually really bad. <laughs> of course it is. It's the One Piece rap. The One Piece rap wasn't good to begin with. Now, let's not take, let's not say things we can't take oh, back. Yeah, 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 you're right, actually. That was mean. But um, <laughs> look, it's not as good as the Dragon Ball GT rap. You're right. All right. So uh, Yachi Black asks, are there any flop series you think had been successful if they started out as a Western comic instead of a manga and vice versa? I unfortunately can't speak to the second half. I just don't know a lot about Western known American comics. But I would say Red Hood was actually very popular in the West. Oh, oh, Red Hood. Definitely. I mean, as I mentioned on the on the episode, I'm pretty sure the way that Grimm is drawn, it's extremely reminiscent of like uh, 80s, like heavy metal comics, like the comic heavy metal. Mm -hmm. It reminds me a lot about that. Actually, you know what, man? <laughs> uh, now, what? That, now that I bring it up, uh, Samurai 8 looks a lot like Mobius, whose art was also in heavy metal. I thought you said Morbius at first. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot when Hirachi Maru goes, it's Harchi time. <laughs> and then Harchied all over everyone. It's Morbin time! <laughs> Mighty Morbin Power Rangers. I'm not the first to make that joke, but I still think it's funny. And MCU scenes for Morbius. Yeah, yeah. So this is difficult, because as David said, it's not as easy to just think of a flopped Western series. I think I Tell C could have been... I tell C could have been, but see, the issue is it's like when you say as a Western comic, are you talking about completely redrawing it, or just like, no, now we are releasing this in America? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, there's a ton of anime influence and manga influence Western comics now. So, I mean, you could just mm -hmm. do that. But anyway, yeah, let's move on to the next question, I guess. OK, well, so we're saying Red Hood was probably the best answer for that. I agree. I think that Red Hood mm -hmm. was a very good answer for that. Um, Thank you. Maybe double tie say just because Americans may be interested in shogi. Never mind. No, they would not no. be. No, yeah. they would not. They would you not have to be. say Japanese chess because no one knows what the fuck shogi is. <laughs> Could you imagine a four kids double tie <laughs> I really want to know how four kids would have handled like certain arcs. I think about that sometimes. Like, how would they have done Water 7? Oh, my God. I'm sure you've heard this, too, where it's like they they bought one piece in a package. Yeah, I know all about that. Of course. Yeah. So I have no clue how they would have done it. The way that they chose to end one piece on four kids is amazing. <laughs> You know what else is amazing? Uh, what? T. Wolfwood, who asks a very fun question. List the eight deadly sins, including justice with flop manga. So well, what does he mean by with flop manga? Does it like. So I think he's asking, like, which flop manga embodies like lust? All right. Um, so we'll go from the top. First up, lust. That is, I would say, Love Rush. Love Rush. No doubt for gluttony. Hungry Mary. Hungry Marie. <laughs> That one was more about gluttony. That's what I'm saying. For gluttony, it's 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 uh, hungry Mary. Oh, you're right. Yes, for <laughs> greed. Um, uh, ooh, are there any capitalist manga that we read? Um, let me see. Greed. Oh, greed is or no? Uh, I can think of pride and let's see. Yeah. Um, what embodies greed? Greed. Greed. Mm, cool Shock BT. Did Cool Shock BT? Didn't he like steal money from people and stuff? 
I suppose, yeah. I, I mean, the, the issue is that since... Oh, um, how about Ozu? Hmm, he did want to get all of the animals. Uh, I mean, like, the problem is it's like when you're making a protagonist like this, the primary thing is you want to make them not super selfish just so that the audience won't hate them, and that makes it difficult to do that one. Yep. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think BT is the best option here. Yeah. So let's do BT. Sloth is definitely SWAT. Yes, because that nothing happens in that fucking series. <laughs> I think Wrath is Stealth Symphony. Oh, I think Wrath is Godspeed. You think? That series is so angry. You read that series, every other fucking panel is just the main character clenching at the fucking reader like he's just like... Fine, fine, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Envy? Envy, absolutely no doubt, is Time Paradox Ghost Rider. Yes, yes. I think Pride is Golem Hearts. Is it? He's literally all about being prideful and being the best and like being proud of his dad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. Is there a different one you think? I wanted to get uh, Hungry Joker in here somewhere, but I don't think it'll get there. I mean, he had pride in his uh, overarching intelligence, but I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you Golem Hearts. I think that makes more sense. So we're doing Pride is Golem Hearts. Pride is Golem Hearts. I think Justice is Jackman. Uh, wait, Justice, <laughs> Justice is in School Judgment. <laughs> Oh, I guess. The point of the manga is the lost system. Wait, 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 wait. Or I tell C. Yeah, I tell C or Hard Cop and Dolphin. No. No, it's I tell C. Let's do I tell C. Okay, over the one that has the word judgment in its name. I don't want to think about school judgment. Fine, fine. David, there was no justice in school judgment. There was no justice. I want to say this was a really fun question, T. Wolf. Yes, this was great. People, please feel free to post in the Discord yours. So to recap, we have Lust is Love Rush, Gluttony is Hungry Marie, Greed is Cool Shock BT, Sloth is SWAT, Wrath is Godspeed, Envy is Time Paradox Ghost Rider, Pride is Golem Hearts, and Justice is ITELC. <laughs> All right. And our final question is from Happy123. Boy, how do you guys get guests? I actually gave a talk about this, but really the main thing is just look up people like that you enjoy. Send them emails. You have to be vigilant. Some of the guests like Mother's Basement took months of coordinating. Sometimes you get lucky like Masako X. We sent me an email here responded like 40 minutes later. And was yeah. like, yeah, say when? And that was great. Yeah. But really, you want to be vigilant. You want to be polite. You want to respect their time. You want to be transparent about what your show is about, what it expects. We've had people say yes and then said, oh, wait, this isn't really a show for me. Yeah. The other big thing is, of course, just also networking, talking to your fellow podcasters, the green to be on your show. And we also have a form, by the way, where literally it says, hey, if you want to be a show, fill this form out, say why you want to be on the show, your experience, what you want to talk about. And so that's a great way of organizing it. We've actually had some people fill out. It's how our latest guest, Alex, he was from being on the form. And of course, we have a link to that in our show notes. We're always looking for guests. So always happy. It's just a problem is we only do two shows a month. So we have a very long list of people that want to be in the show. Oh, yeah. And so we unfortunately can't get to everybody. Body. At the end of the day, man, just ask them. You'd be surprised at the people who will say yes if you just ask them. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting Mother's Basement to say yes when we initially reached out. Or uh, Shuckmeister. Shuckmeister, hell yes. Who's going to be our guest on the next episode. Hell yeah. Or Tin Bat. That I think that one shocked me the most. Like, I'm serious. I mean, they're just people. And if you just ask them, mm -hmm. they might say yes. Or they might say no. They might say, fuck you. I'm uh, blacklisting you from the entire industry. You'll never get work again. But yeah, anyway. 
Anyway, it's time for shout outs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Jordan, I want to say thank you so much for editing the GV episodes. You're very welcome, David. I also want to give props to Shannon for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Illuminati. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at animeoutofcontext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance for pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Thanks to T Root, Ozzy Rat, and T Wolfwood for being our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find them on our site as they become available. How about you, Jordan? Anything you want to add? I'd like to say thank you. Thank you, David. Yeah, thanks, babe. Thank you, just just in general. Thank you for editing, too. You know? Like, you, know. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast. That's S-H-O-N-E-N-F-L-O-P-C-A-S-T. And our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord, as we talked about. It's open to everyone, Patreon or not. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. You can find a link to it in our show notes or on our website. And even enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks like bonus episodes on Maku-chan, Lisa from the Pisque Hammer, or and we took a look back at the original Teen Titans series. That was a lot of fun. That was awesome. You can even be listening to us recording this show right now and help us decide what we cover next. You can find it at patreon.com slash flop. And on that note, we're going to read off some of our fantastic patrons. Let's get started with the Chainsaw Man patrons. We have Powered by Money and Daddy Issues and the hey. Pterodactyl Ghost. <laughs> Following them, we have the Dolphin Dad Tier, T. Wolfwood. Following that, we've got King of the Forest, Albie, Cram, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Marty, Rachel, my lovely girlfriend. I hope you're having a ton of fun in Florida. And I very strongly considered getting like one of those signs that like you know it's like day since last incident signs but i was gonna make it say day since last tummy ache but my friends are like rachel is not gonna appreciate you having a sign that makes fun of her tummy aches so rachel this one's for you i decided not to do that (laughs) (laughs) then we have scarlet mirman and t the real jory they'll be king bb the and moving down to the galactic ball federation officers we have blah moo moo bs dolphin dylan Kreider, alex eric klein generic man hans lincoln frey marabara matt solovich mike carpenter sarah hydra shingo sekimoto silly rookie Simping for Sent by Ash, Staghorn, That One Welder Guy, Trevor Schechner, and Yaji Black. Yeah! Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Thank you so much. You mean so much to me. All right. But also, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Monday for our full episode and bow. And we are joined, as we talked about, the legendary number one JoJo YouTuber, the Shockmeister. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Jordan. This has been David. You've been listening to Show and Flop. David, say it. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Bye. Bye.